0: Welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Michael. Before we begin, just a few notes. First of all, to once again promote the Lay Mission Project, which is coming to St. Dominic's and this diocese. Once again, the purpose of the Lay Mission Project is to animate the lay apostolate in the church by preparing folks like yourself for the sake of your calling. And what's your calling as a lay person? To transform society through the ways you live your faith. It's not necessarily a way to get signed up to do ministry here at St. Dominic's, although that's wonderful, but it really is to transform and bring that sense of God to wherever you are, your family, your occupation, wherever the day takes you. And this is accomplished through a real formation. It involves prayer, reflection, education. And here at St. Dominic's, we're hoping to build a kind of small community of disciples who want to enter into this three-year commitment of study, prayer, and reflection together. All the details for the Lay Mission Project can be found on their website, laymission.net, L A Y M I S S I O N.net, or see our website, stdominics.org, uh, to connect uh, with uh, Michael O'Smith Smith and those who are the point people here at the Parish for Adult Lay Formation and Faith Formation. This week, I'm excited we continue our series of interviewing, sitting down with some of our novices. This week, talk to brother nathaniel and to get his story a very interesting story so whether you're on the go or taking it slow many blessings as you enjoy today's show welcome back to st dominic's weekly we continue interviews and sitting down with our novices who were just approved for vows and we'll be making those vows on coming up in september i have with me brother nathaniel this week welcome brother nathaniel Thank you. Maybe just to start right with your name in in the uh, order. There's an opportunity to both reaffirm a baptismal name, take a different patron. Your name was uh, Nathan by baptism, but you, you kind of you've added on to it. Tell us a little bit
1: about the the E.L. at the end. Well, so I was I was born with the name Nathaniel, but my whole life I went by Nathan. Just in terms of your parents and yeah, they and would Nathan. call me actually. My they wanted to name me Nathan. Yeah, but. My mom thought that Nathan David, which is my middle name, wouldn't flow, so Nathaniel. Oh, you got a little, you got an extra syllable? Exactly. So, but my whole life I went as Nathan, and in the order, I decided to stick with Nathaniel. Okay, so you kind of went back to that. Did anyone call you Nathaniel before you entered the order? I had one professor okay. who for some reason would call me Nathaniel, even though I told him repeatedly that I'm <laughs> usually called Nathan. <laughs> okay. Didn't quite get the
0: hint. No, no, hint. no. <laughs> no. So you took Nathaniel, and so that's out of uh, connection
1: to your baptismal name.
0: Is that yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. And then you added, you added uh, another name. Um, oftentimes there's a middle name sometimes. Yes.
1: Name. So I, I added the devotional name Maria. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of remind myself of um, the Marian consecration that I've made. Nice. Um, and actually I, I wanted to go by Nathaniel Maria at first, but as I started introducing myself to people, I'd say, hi, my name is brother Nathaniel Maria. They'd say, oh, hi, brother Nathaniel. Okay. Yeah. You weren't. No. So I think that I reached the max level of syllables. That's right. What, 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 so, so I think five syllables is the max for a double name. So Stephen Maria. Yeah. Is the max Michael James? So Stephen Maria, Michael James is pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. solid. Yeah, but six, which is Nathaniel Maria, is one too many. One too many. You so you didn't get this, but you could you could have done Nathan? Maria. I could
0: have. That would have good But you didn't know the syllable rule before you entered. Nope. So what's my? So I I try to. Go, it's interesting because. At the beginning, myself, Michael Joseph. You could probably get that, but I, my classmates didn't really, really, and I didn't insist on it. I didn't really, and so yeah. kind of just it was like when you made vows and like for like a week in <laughs> novitiate, we were trying to do Michael Joseph. Some people were if you go Michael Joseph MJ. I wasn't big on MJ no, that's, like that's Michael Daniel James. exact That's the yeah exactly. That's not not what I would like. Michael James. I don't know if he gets any of that really, but. From, yeah, Brother for, for, from Brother Elias, from Brother Elias, does Brother yeah, yeah, Elias give heart when they? Brother Elias, Michael James is not the only target of Brother Elias. Is <laughs> fun <laughs> from time to time. So tell us,
1: uh, where you from, family, uh, and how you connected with the Dominicans. Well, I grew up in Livermore, which is about an hour and a half east of San Francisco. Nice. It's um, windmills. Windmills. Um, it's known for having the longest burning light bulb. Really? Yeah. Who knows that? Uh, Guinness <laughs> Book of World oh, Records. Oh, really? well, yeah. does it really? I know the lab and the windmills, but well, where, it's, it's where's in the a, bulb. It's in a firehouse. Is it really? Yeah, and it's just it's been burning for over a hundred years. Really? Yeah. I do the little uh, little. So you've seen this light bulb? Yes. All right. Is passing it, is by <laughs> looking looking in the windows? <laughs> it's in a firehouse. Okay. Very yeah, good. Yeah. And then uh, Livermorium as well, which is an element on the periodic table. No.
0: Yeah. A Livermorium. Yeah. Well, that sounds like some kind of a, a, a German meat or something. Nope. Oh. It lasted for less than a second, and that's it.
1: Yeah. And it's a, it was a crea- highly was unstable. It. Yeah. It's 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 one of the um, artificial elements. Okay. Um, wow. And they but it didn't didn't do much. No, it's just so unstable that it broke down after less
0: than a second. Wow. Well, I hope that's not a, a sign of of the uh, perseverance of people from the place. Well, that's what the light bulbs for. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. It's yeah. blended. You yeah, you yeah. Got, it's it's both extremes. You either you're either all in or it's, you're out like yeah. You're out <laughs> <laughs> okay. like, what's that for? Sort of out like a light. Well, I, I don't know. I this, light, like this, light. Light. this light. This This light. This light does not. This kind kind of goes against that old saying. No. He's out like a yeah. light yeah. anyway. Anyway, so family from Livermore. we've yeah. 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 That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So Livermore is a
1: place that yeah. exists. <laughs> yes, and you're from there. Do you have yeah, other I- brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have one sister. She's two years younger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I grew up my whole life in Livermore. I mm-hmm. moved there when I was two, and yeah. then um, raised Catholic or not? Not really. Um, I was kind of raised kind of cafeteria Catholic. My my dad is Baptist in background. My mom was raised Catholic. So I'd only go to mass when she would go to mass, which was on and off. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I w- received my first communion, and then never saw a church for a few years, okay. and then came back. And um, a pr- pretty common
0: story, I think, in terms oh, yeah. of uh, of uh, Catholic experience in yes. this country. Just basically yes. the the high points of the sacrament, and then a little bit of an away, uh, kind of a, a desert. <laughs> yeah, I, I
1: graduated at Catholic, of Catholicism at about there you go, <laughs> age of reason. <laughs> there <so>. you go. <laughs> Were you confirmed then? Uh, I was confirmed in college. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so was that. And where where did you end up in college? I went to San Diego State University. Aztecs. Yep. Very good. What brought you there? Um, I went for the music program. Mm-hmm. So I my degree is in music performance, and I went there mainly for two reasons. One, the I liked the bass professor there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my instrument, the double bass, and. They gave me money, so that's nice. Wow, no, that's that sounds like a, the, the double uh, a double header there—money
0: and personal connection—and further away from home. Ah, so, very good. Okay, got, yeah. got you, got you out from Livermore down to the yep. uh, the sunny San Diego. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Did, did um, in terms of uh, you said confirmation that wasn't mm. until later on. Was there was did you meet the Catholic community down in San Diego? Or? Yeah,
1: yeah. So at the end of high school, I, I actually backtrack. Yeah. At the beginning of high school, I fell away from the church. Mostly due to intellectual reasons. I I couldn't square away the idea of God from what I was learning about the world. um, The complexity of the world. Kind of science. uh, Exactly. Exactly, yeah. 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 uh, Science and faith kind of questions. Exactly. yeah. And so that caused me to fall away from the church at the beginning of high school. But towards the end of high school... You know, there were different things going on in my life. I wasn't having too good of a time. And those kind of longings that we have Mm -hmm. for something transcendent um, started bubbling up, and I needed that to be addressed. And so I started looking around, and um, eventually I started to encounter the intellectual tradition of the church, and that's kind of what brought me back. Nice. Was there a particular thinker or writer
0: or just kind of in general the church fathers kind of thing or theologians? Well I read um
1: now Bishop Barron's mm-hmm. book Catholicism. Nice. And there he he lays out the the traditional philosophical view of what God is. Yeah. Um he was specifically getting it from Aquinas, a God as being itself. And that to me made everything click because it seemed so reasonable. Hmm. Almost undeniable compelling you, compelling in that way it, yeah, yeah 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 and so that really that really made everything click nice for me. and this is in high school you're having this kind of mm, uh, more
0: intellectual if you will desire well enough about trying to kind
1: of put together
0: the foundations of the universe and exactly, existence yeah. and things like that yeah and
1: and my own place in it sure as well nice you No, know, what what am i doing with my life Kind of the questions, how can I have a good life and how can I waste my life? Nice. So it's not like you have that kind of it. But then how did the music aspect really? Because did you play
0: bass or any musical instrument but before you went to college?
1: Oh, yeah. I uh, I started playing the bass when I was 11. Oh, okay. And that that was something when I started playing the bass, I really desired I, to do that professionally. Now, a double is a, is a large, like, how did you end up? What, what, did you
0: did you draw the short straw or something
1: no well <laughs> i i chose it because i thought it sounded cool yeah but, but i think psychologically deep down what was going on yeah. was i was small high pitched oh um and so i wanted the big instrument the low pitch so it's kind of yeah kind of blended oh okay yeah,
0: yeah. nice so so early on and did you was it an instant attraction kind of as you began to play or or did you kind of have to struggle with it and get get kind of nudged and persevere
1: in it well, when I I played violin before, mm-hmm. and I was terrible at it, and I didn't like it. Yeah. But then when I started playing the bass, it, I moved from having a whole bunch of violinists around me that actually liked the instrument to me and another guy named Timmy. Okay, playing bass. <laughs> okay, and so eventually, I I realized, hey, I I could do this. Okay, and nice. so that and I found some some really cool youtube videos of bass players and that kind of inspired me to practice more and practice more and not only practice more but
0: want to do it at an advanced level yeah nice and, and and uh going to san diego did how did that that go for the performance piece of it
1: oh it, it went well
0: um did at any time you, th- you think you might be professional
1: do it doing it you know or well that's what it, i was yeah. working towards yeah um it's interesting in the classical music scene, especially for a performer, there's this really strange progression of you kinda go to school until you get a job. Okay. And then eventually if you don't get a job, you get a doctorate of musical arts. And you start teaching and it. then you start teaching. <laughs> okay, yeah, very good. And so the people go into doctoral programs, postdoc programs and music essentially buying time until they can get a paid to get a job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So w- where were you on that track? I was in I was in my undergraduate, actually, um, by the end of college, I, I was starting to discern out of music. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, especially a classical performer, a lot of your life is spent practicing mm. uh, in a practice room. And I didn't really want to spend the rest of my life practicing in a room. And so... You, I did, you have
0: to love the music enough to do that, right? It has to be worth... Yeah, and not, not
1: just the music, but yeah. the process to mm. get to actually performing something. Um, of quality sure sure and i wasn't exactly i loved performing mm-hmm. i still love performing but kind of when i saw the sausage being made yeah i was like uh maybe not gotcha you gotta like the whole yeah. pro the whole pro you gotta be
0: all in on the process not yeah, just yeah. The, the high moments and then in terms of your faith you, you mm-hmm. kind of left the faith you came kind of intellectually was it was uh, awakened by a baron and kind of looking at the tradition enter entered into college. Did you start practicing the faith right away, or how did that how did that look for you?
1: Yeah, so I I started practicing the faith at the end of high school, and it kind of got off to a rocky start. Slowly easing into it, um, I started going to mass, but then I went on a one of those orientation days at San Diego State, and there they they had booths for like all of the religious campus ministries, and so I found the Catholic one, because I was looking for a place to go to mass mostly. And there I started going to mass there and I started meeting the people there and I signed up for a Bible study, which was really great. Cause a lot of actually really good friends of mine still are from that Bible mm. study. Nice. Um, and I also desired to be confirmed. So I signed up for the confirmation program and um, so I Delved deeper and deeper into my faith and and kind of what I did. My my freshman year of college was kind of interesting because I had one foot in the kind of San Diego State, in a sense, like party scene. Yeah, and then I had one. foot. Is that a vibrant scene, by the way? Oh, it's. Is oh, it? Yeah, it's it's one of the top party schools in the nation. Is the it moment. really? Well, yeah. San Diego's a beautiful place. But oh, it like, is. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> See, I had an kind epic, of
0: epic epic party scene. Yeah, and and contest. so.
1: My freshman year was interesting because I had this divided life, and by the end of it, I was really tired of that, Hmm. kind of putting on my college face most of the time, and then I'd go to the Newman Center and put on my Catholic face. Gotcha. Uh, I was just really tired of kind of living that double persona. So I, I realized I had to stick with one. I had to choose one, and so I chose... Wisely. Wisely, yes. <laughs> I I, ch- I chose the, the Newman Center, and actually, the following year, I moved in due to unforeseen circumstances regarding who I was going to live with. Oh, nice, the into the Newman year. Center. Yeah, and and I lived there for three years. Nice.
0: And was that, that experience, you think, formative for your
1: own vocation? Oh, there? definitely, yeah. As I said, I, I started to surround myself with Catholics my age. Mm-hmm. And I started immersing myself also in the functions of the Newman Center. Um, it helped living there. Um, the year after I was confirmed, I started helping teach confirmation, uh, and I did that through the rest of my college career. I would lead Bible studies, and eventually, Focus came to San Diego State, so I was involved in in the in, Focus in that ministry things. Yeah, just a
0: specific just for folks who don't know, Focus is a tremendous. Uh, program run on college campuses which kind of peers giving peers permission to to believe in terms of that it's young people who volunteer um and are formed and kind of take a leadership position yeah
1: yeah and also um recent graduates from college become Mm -hmm. missionaries focus missionaries at the campus and so their job is essentially like you were saying to do the peer-to-peer thing where they're on the same level with you, but their full-time job is to share the faith. Nice. And is that where
0: where you kind of get the connection with maybe Dominican life was born for you?
1: Well, actually, in a specific way, I got connected with Dominican life as almost a result of the trajectory that I started when I came back to the faith. Oh, okay. Because when when I realized how reasonable and how beautiful that reasonability was of the faith, that sparked an interest in me for studying theology and philosophy and apologetics. And so I kind of kept that up as a hobby throughout college. And actually, there was a time my junior year when I discerned that I thought God was calling me to study theology instead of um, pursue a career in music. Yeah. And so as I started delving deeper into that, I encountered Dominican authors. Um, Such as? Mostly Thomas Joseph White was the biggest um Eastern Dominican. Yeah, he's in Eastern the Eastern Rome. Province now. He's, I guess, going to be teaching at the Angelicum, in Rome. That's right. Yeah,
0: and he, interestingly enough, when my I was spent a year in, uh, abroad, which was on the East Coast uh, outside of the Dominican House of Studies, he was transitioning from another community into mm-hmm. the Dominican. So it was kind of like a discernment year. My. Uh, philosophy or so i got to know him oh really uh, really well yeah and so he's 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 a he's a, he's a great guy so when people talk about <laughs> father thomas joseph is in terms of someone they've uh, studied or heard theology for i was like i remember when i was taking class he wasn't the professor we yeah, were, yeah, yeah we were studying alongside each other so it, it's a good it's a nice perspective <laughs> <laughs> to have so you were reading
1: him and in another
0: another dominican current contemporary authors
1: yeah yeah and Actually, I remember seeing an interview with him and I noticed the habit. Yeah. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. And I, I got a book. Um, I think it's Edward Fazer's oh, yeah. Aquinas for Beginners. And yeah. it has that picture of Aquinas exactly. on the front. Exactly, yeah. And yeah, I was I like, the wait, book. they're they're wearing the same thing. Oh, And <gasps> that's when I made the connection. Nice. Because I knew Aquinas was a Dominican. Yeah. And I knew that Dominicans were still around. Yeah. But I, I, I then just made the connection of Aquinas and someone current. Currently we're
0: talking about. Yeah, and that's a great book, by the way. The, it is. The, the Edward Fazer. Book, which the name of it again is? Aquinas for Beginners. Exactly. No, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, introduction. I think it's on, this is great radio here. Yeah, It's on my shelf here yeah. somewhere. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a definitely, and, all, and, all, and most of these um, interviews I'm doing are sitting down with some of the novices. We're recommending books too. So mm-hmm. so that's definitely on the recommend shelf. Uh, Aquinas for Beginners, if you just want an easy, approachable text to the whole of if you will, the both both the the Summa in specific, but just the, the whole corpus of Thomistic writing. That's it's a it's a great book. So Definitely. you were familiar with uh, with these writings, and so you've already the seed the seeds of Dominican life are already exactly being, yeah. being planted and, and and starting to to
1: sprout a bit. Yeah, yeah. And when when I encountered the authors, I started looking into the order, and about that time I started um, thinking about the priesthood, okay. and this really made me think more. Because I, I was very excited at the idea, you know, being up at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m., yeah. watching vocation videos for Dominicans. When and, you should be practicing the bass. Yeah. Or sleeping. <laughs> or sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just this excitement burned yeah. in me. And I needed to figure out what that was about. Nice. Um how did you discover the Western Dominicans particularly? Did you meet someone or was it, are you a, are you a a website? Website. Website. (laughs) Website. website, baby. (laughs) Yeah. I started looking into, okay, where are the nearest Dominicans? Yeah. Western province. Where is their headquarters, their mother house, the house of studies. And I realized how close it was to Livermore where my parents live. Yeah. And so, as I said, I was already thinking about the priesthood. And so I, decided to meet with Father Stephen Maria Lopez, the vocations director. And, yeah, I met with him. I went on a come-and-see retreat and then visited and applied. And the rest is history. Here you are. (laughs) Here you are.
0: In terms of the the year, did you have any, like, I don't know, doubts, fears, challenges coming into the process uh, that now you look back on and and see how this year was helpful for kind of addressing or, or, or... or coming to, to, to wrestle with those things.
1: Yeah, I I actually wasn't entirely sure how I would handle the life because mm-hmm. I I was moving from a college music background. Yeah, you know where so much of my life is oriented towards practicing and performing, and then and then also the social life too. Um, I was very. Not timid, but I was very hesitant to let all of that go. Yeah. But after being in in the novitiate now for nine, ten months, I've kind of... I've definitely grown accustomed to the life. And what what surprised me the most is how much more focused I am mm-hmm. and how much my attention span has increased. And I think that that's a combination of two things. One is from that this year we don't, we have a media fast Mm -hmm. and an electronics fast. So we don't have access to cell phones, our cell phones or computers except um, for ministry needs. Sure. And so with that, before when I was, bored or needed to waste time or something yeah. I'd surf the web or sure. watch a show on Netflix. Yeah. But now if I am bored, need something to do. Yeah. The only thing I can do is pray. Yeah. Stare at a wall or read. <laughs> okay. And so you've gotten good at staring at a wall then. Oh uh, yes. Very good. There's a, there's a little spot on my wall where the paint comes, comes out. And I, yeah. d- I just kind of stare at that from, <laughs> you, from my chair. Like looking at shapes and
0: clouds. kind of. Exactly. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, yeah. but no, intensity of focus and and, and, and uh, not only in the moment, but just even in terms of long-term kind of looking at vocation has been helpful then.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, it's been interesting because a lot of my uh, preconceived notions about the Dominicans have, have changed a bit. Oh, yeah. For example? Well, I think going, going in my attitude for what Dominican life is was essentially diocesan priest life with more study and community. Gotcha. But this year, especially since it's a contemplative year has made me appreciate the need for the contemplative aspect of our life Mm. that it seems to me that Dominicans are are in, in certain respects, first and foremost, contemplatives. Mm -hmm. And then, the active portion is something that is secondary to that in the sense that the active cannot exist without the contemplative. Mm. And so how we live that is through cloister, through divine office in common and through contemplative study and the silence that goes along with that, and it's it's really made me appreciate those aspects of the life, and also that that I'm able to do them, and that they will form me as well. Nice, and that's foundational,
0: right? It's like the house—you don't see the foundation, but if you don't have the foundation, yeah, yeah, yeah. House exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. So that contemplative life, in terms of hierarchy, is not the thing. No one, no one. I mean, we have our public office, but in terms of our personal prayer that culture of contemplation the silence of our heart the cloister these aren't things that are the most visible parts of our life in fact even mm-hmm. even in the midst of the community they can be a little bit invisible but without them providing the basis of foundation your house is going to be <laughs> in terms of the apostolic ministry exactly. is going to yeah. be very pretty shaky and, and yeah and not well formed and, and not sturdy in, in that way so that's that's great are there particular books of spirituality or um, ideas that have been really um, formative for you this year in terms of your own prayer life, uh, different ways of praying that
1: you hadn't really experienced or you've deepened in ways that you didn't expect? I suppose an aspect of of meditation, Mm. of meditative prayer, um, reflecting on something and letting that open itself up to you has been something... that has been very prominent this year. Yeah. And it's kind of the, the link between, I I think study and prayer that the truth that you see around you and reflecting on that, that God is seen through, can be seen through that. And that, that by meditating on it, it opens itself up to you. And, and so I suppose that the idea of a of a devotion to truth.
0: Hmm. Nice.
1: And and fits with that Thomistic
0: principle in general about uh grace and supernature, right? <laughs> the supernatural world being built on that foundation from the beautiful and the true and the natural beauty and the grace building on nature mm-hmm. just in general in terms of that. Um let me ask you this because most people wouldn't know that the novitiate itself is organized internally uh, in terms of your class, in terms of different mm-hmm. jobs and roles. Your classmates all have obviously very different personalities. Yeah, y- you we can't just <laughs> get to be quiet. You're just such a, a bubbling foment of verbosity. And uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> right? but yet halfway through, and this I have to say, this this kind of surprised mm-hmm. me. Is you were there were elections, so the the novitiate mirrors. The rest of the Dominican Order, we have elections. We're the longest running democracy functioning in the world all the way back to the 800 years ago. And your classmates elected you to be the novice dean. Yep. What were they thinking?
1: Well, so during the election, I I was the most vocal. Were you really? Yes. As As to what I wanted from a dean. So I think to punish me the rest of the class elected <laughs> me dean so this is the insider story okay yeah, th- th- that's my theory <laughs> that they're like the- we need this guy to stop <laughs> talking and we need to move on
0: so they elected me so when because when you get together you know we, we've been in several lots of social situations and things it's not like you, naturally it's kind of like you take charge but people see that in you in some ways Perhaps okay. No, no. You're Ho- hopefully. hopefully, no. For hopefully sure, in some respect. no. Or, for sure, no. Yeah. It's been it's been, in terms of my interaction. With this, so we, you know, we'll come to I'll come to the brother Nathaniel if you, if you've got a kind of uh, liaison with the class, even for even for organizing these interviews and podcasts. So we we you know here here's the list and you're getting it done. So, but no, I thought that was that was uh, perhaps y- y- you you don't necessarily put yourself forward, but but you see this kind of leadership quality. Do
1: you see do you see that in yourself a bit? Well, I. I I'm an Eagle Scout and so oh, nice. I kind of have um some ex- some leadership experience okay. but what would you do your project on what was your what was your I did capstone s- project um I did some landscaping involving um native plants at my high school Okay yeah nice and in in terms of the Eagle Scout do you think that's helpful for religious life I definitely think so just kind of being in close quarters with a bunch of guys Yeah but also trying to accomplish something. Yeah. And so coordinating and kind of working with different personalities and different dynamics. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And um, in terms of
0: books for recommending, I've, I've been asking a number of your classmates uh, kind of a theme. Mm-hmm. Books, books to recommend to read. We, we, you talked a little bit about the Phaser book, but other, others that you've come across in the, the course of the year or even, even before this year that have, would be recommendable to folks.
1: Well, this year I read through the Divine Comedy by Dante. Oh, so classic! Dante's Inferno, um, Purgatorio, Paradiso. Any
0: particular translation?
1: Uh, the Anthony Eslin translation. Oh, okay. It's okay. fantastic. Is it um, okay? I think I read the Sayer translation when I when Sayer? I did it, at Dorothy Sayer.
0: But but it, as to, was it did it have? You know, what I found helpful in mine was the notes and the commentary. Does does he have? Does yeah. It have any so.
1: Anthony Eslin's edition has end notes, and so for each canto he has a little paragraph describing the whole thing, kind of doing almost a homily on it, so sometimes oh, he'll draw in different things um he'll draw out a theme from the particular uh chapter, and he'll reflect on that, but then he also has end notes on particular topics nice but particular words that were used, whether or not it's um he's talking about an individual that Dante's talking about, a political figure at the time. Yeah, that—that that, that, that to me, that one of the main barriers was just all the
0: particular historical references yeah, exactly. that are woven yeah. in there. Yeah. And unless you're familiar with yep. Italy and that time and, and all these little back and forth political intrigues, you're kind of a little bit clueless. So the the poetry, the beauty kind of jumps, leaps off the page, right? That's that's yes. obvious. And yeah. some of the theological things are there and to be met. But a lot of the political and historical stuff, it gets a, yeah. a little bit hidden. But So that's why I always say, get a book with
1: good notes. But this has fantastic notes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nice. And he also has appendices where he has selections from Aquinas's Summa. Oh, neat. Or... Bernard of Clairvaux, oh. or different things that pertain to what Dante is talking about in that particular. Oh, neat! Well, I, I've right. always thought that Sayre was the kind of the she was the one that that
0: uh, I read and I always it, But I'll have to look at the uh, the Anthony Esselin yeah. edition of, uh, of of the of the. And it's something obviously it's a it's a classic. So anything particularly? Uh, you've read the whole thing now. You read the, yes. What 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 do you take away with you from? From that experience, because it really is an experience to, yeah. to read the
1: the trilogy. It's interesting reading Aquinas and Dante Together? side by side. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Because they're accomplishing the same thing, which is they want you to know the truth mm-hmm. about the human person and about God. But they're doing it in two different ways. Aquinas represents... On the surface, he can seem very dry. Yeah. But he's doing that in order to lead you to the beauty that is truth whereas dante does it in a little different way he takes the beauty and he wants to draw you in with that beauty towards the truth and i was also surprised by out of from all 3 of the books dante lays out an entire picture of the human person from the darker places of humanity, with um, the inferno, to the lofty, the most lofty beauty of humanity um, in paradise, and so, and he also lays out a trajectory from the for the movement from one to another. So it's a, it's it's essentially a poetic rendering of the spiritual life. Yeah, and, and in fact in terms
0: of just to, to put that uh, in the uh, tense of virtue, I saw it almost as kind of an ordering of virtue. Definitely. In a way. Yeah. Because you have the different levels of, of hell and the ascending to, to purgatory and heaven was all gradated according, if you will, uh, the kind of the graduale amoris <laughs> of love, right? Where where yeah. as the, the the closer you get to God, the, the further uh, or the, the closer you get to what true sacrificial self-giving love is, and the further you get away from God, it's not hell. Is not fire. That's I. I mean, I didn't. I. It was funny. Is it's, it's it, we have this kind of the flames of hell, and certainly there's lots of um, well scriptural and other formative traditions that talk about separation from God being burning
1: like a fire. But hell is is not that. What's the the deepest pit of hell is is ice. It's ice. absence of nothingness. You can't even really distinguish one person from another. Yeah. Even their identity is absent. Yeah.
0: And I found that just fat. The lack of love is literally the breakdown. Like you said, there's a kind of lack of definition of Mm -hmm. persons. Yeah. It's, It's cold. It's frozen. It's dead and the absence of any sort of, of life so that it, to do that in a poetic way i mean it's the whole thing is genius but yeah well, nice great recommendation you <laughs> can't can't can, can't go yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can, can't, can, wrong and then maybe last but not least just in terms of uh, just a little bit about personality i and this is i think most your classmates know you very um quirky if endearing <laughs> hopefully endearing sense of humor <laughs> <laughs> so i remember one of the. What, what, one of the things that stays with me is 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 the door. Oh yeah. What, what did tell? It, what's what's the door? <laughs> so the door question is yeah. the perfect icebreaker. It, it is. So rather than uh, early in the year, would ask all sorts of kind of oddball questions, but that actually get you <laughs> get you thinking with yep. this. Where is this? So
1: give us the door question. So the door. So the question is, if you had 365 days to eat a standard wooden door, <laughs> how would you do it? <laughs> I I looked at you like, I don't know about this guy. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: To eat a door. Yeah. Well, well, so, and what kind of answer did you get from the community? But besides mine, like, oh boy, this guy's, (laughs) this this guy take his meds
1: today. (laughs) 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 What are you talking about, a door? I find people approach that question in two different ways. One, they think about it and they answer it and usually the answer is something like grind it into sawdust or put it over food. Okay. But then some people just, use everything in them to fight the question. Oh, gotcha. And okay. Just won't answer the question. does uh, that, what does that sound like? Or what is that? Why would I eat a door? I'm oh okay, oh, okay. Door. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. the absurdity of of, of exactly, yeah. So, so those who embrace the the absurdity,
0: <laughs> <laughs> <I assume. laughs> the absurdity. Well, no, it's been it's it certainly have uh, as I've gotten to tell you this year a delight to to get to know you and uh, to embrace the door. Yeah, I embrace <laughs> I'm, uh, the door. I th- I th- eat th- the door. Well, once one, once I did, I think I was I was in the sawdust camp. I thought you could you just kind of you know you, you sawdust it up and you yep. just introduce it to some
1: kind of. That's liquid. definitely the most reasonable. Yeah, and I. Approach. It's it's probably doable too. Yeah, and it's essentially the equivalent of steel cut oatmeal at by the end of it. Anyways, <laughs> by the so. end of it,
0: you just incorporate it
1: into your oatmeal every morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well,
0: hopefully <laughs> you've been edified by our moment here. Yeah, and uh, thanks for being with us. It's a great. And yeah, September first, yes, Vows, Saint Alberts, everyone welcome whether you're from uh, livermore or (laughs) we'll have have to get livermore (laughs) (laughs) for for sure there on the day so may all that you do this week truly be open to the god's spirit and may you radiate the joy of the gospel here in the heart of the city amen amen